Amen. This morning, it is my honor to invite our one and only Papa of the house with a round of applause. Let's welcome Uncle Biju. Hi, good morning. Wow. Um, just to clarify a few things, uh, I think some of us are still living in dreamland. Yeah. Please come home quickly, okay? For those of you who are waiting for camp, I want you to know that camp has already started. It started long ago. For those of you who missed the all night, I don't know what to tell you. But it's every Friday. It's every Friday, so don't miss the subsequent ones. What are the choristers? You're supposed to be up here. Uncle Solo. Deuteronomy chapter. Can I lower my volume a little, please? Deuteronomy 4, verse 29. Remember, we are on our theme Wise Youth Seek Jesus. For if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. No, no, just, just verse 29. Can you switch, please, You see, this was the background to this verse. It's, it's a whole series on itself, and I don't want to venture into that, but just to briefly let you know. One of the greatest men on earth who was yet so humble and who walked with God knew the ways of God and experienced firsthand the power of God is Moses. He walked so closely with God and communicated with God. It was like God was his best power. Yet he did a small mistake and you can start him. He did a small mistake and God punished him and told him that he would not enter the promised land that he was taking the Israelites to. And then, in the last days of Moses, yes, I was going to the book of uh, Deuteronomy, the last days of Moses, Moses was telling Israel, the Israel, he was summarizing to them his work with God and the covenant that they had with God. He recounted the laws that God gave him he, he encouraged them to keep the covenant. He encouraged them to be obedient, to seek God with all their hearts. And then he reminded them that God wants to be in covenant with them. And then he went on and on to respond the same thing. And at the end of it, he comes back to the same point. Seek the Lord. And teach up, I'm telling you this morning, it's not because of camp, it's not because of anything else, not because of anything Dr. Otabel has said, but for your own good. 
seek the Lord with all your heart. If you seek him, you will find him. Then you understand what we are talking about, walking in his glory, living under open heavens. My prayer for all of us is that we will seek God, especially in this time of fasting and praying. We will not be lazy. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. Spend time meditating. Spend time thinking about God. I want this song to be our prayer this morning. I may preach. I may not preach. I may read some scripture. I don't know what God is going to do, but I want us to desire God. Remember, wise youth, they seek God. And this year is all about wisdom. Desire to stay in His presence. No matter how long it takes. Just lean on Him and experience of His love and His goodness. We cannot understand His love. The love that sent you to Calvary. That's what I want to do. That's going to be our prayer. That's what we're going to pray about throughout this service. Lord, I seek you. I want to seek you. I want to experience your glory. I want to live in your glory, Lord. Study of his love. Ask him to open your eyes that you catch a revelation of his love. He loved us so much that he died for us. He laid down his life for us. He gave us his very own. He gave us his best. And he says, You must love him. You must desire him. We must seek him above everything else. He 
of your glory to this dying world as we seek you Lord may we find you and may we desire to continually stay in your presence to learn of you to live the life and to go tell the world Jesus name we pray Amen
Ephesians chapter 4. Today we'll read a number of scriptures, then we'll go home. Ephesians chapter 4. There's so much that we need to know. There's so much we need to learn. And I'm struggling to know the pace at which you must go and what we must be doing, what we must be doing at what time. But um, lately, I think I have become very convinced about what should we, we should be talking about a lot more at this stage of our lives. So we trust God to help us to help you. And we trust God to help you to open up so that you receive help from him and from us. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering for bearing one another. Now, the I'll plead with you to read the book of Ephesians as many times as you can this week, in addition to everything else that you do. You know, this is time for fasting and prayer, so it's also time for the word. The first three chapters of Ephesians tell us all that God has done for us. For not all, but it tells us a lot of the things that God has done for us. And prayers, you must be praying as a result of things that he has done for us. He, expand, he tries to expound on what he has made us, the promises he has for us, and some elements of our future. I mean, we have nothing to do with this. A classic example is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 10, where it says that we are saved by, 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 by grace. I mean, we, we don't have any place in it. It is the working of God. All the things we read about in the first three chapters of Ephesians are all the workings of God. But then we come to chapter 4, and then the other side of the coin begins to unfold to us. Where this time, it is not what God has done for us, but because of what he has done for us, how we must live. We have no choice. See, many of us in our homes, we obey our parents even when we don't like them. Even the so-called, in quotes, wicked ones, the ones that we think they are wicked, they don't like us. We are forced to obey them. Because if you don't obey them, you won't get your money. If you don't obey them, you don't, you're not too sure whether your fees you pay, depending on the type of parent that you have. That is in the human sense. Ask all of us, those of us who are working, who are not working for ourselves. Sometimes your bosses can blast you and you know they are wrong. But, yes, madam, yes, sir. And you obey. And then when they turn around, then you start, you start expressing your real frustration and anger. But you know that if you don't do the right thing, at the end of the month, you will not get your salary. So you obey. That is on the human level. But when it comes to the supernatural, the spiritual level, where God has done so much for us, and then he begins to instruct us how to live our life because of what he has done for us. Sometimes we play it in a how. That is all dead men living is about. It's not about your life anymore, but it's about the life that he's calling you to live. And he starts in Ephesians 4 by saying that walk worthy of the call. You see, you have been called to a certain high calling. Live as though you were called to that high level. 
there is a certain standard, a certain quality of life, a certain way of living that he expects us to live. And like I've been sharing, these standards are extremely high. They are not human standards. They are not teenage standards. They are not adult standards. They are not young adult standards. They are the standards of Christ. And whether you are young or whether you are old or whether you are dying or living, if you call yourself a Christian, we are to live by those standards. We are to live worthy of the call. And then he begins to explain what he's talking about. I beseech you as a prisoner of the Lord. Go back, let me take it again. I beseech you as a prisoner of the Lord that you walk worthy of the vocation or the life to which you have been called. That's two. With all loneliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. We could have responded on this, but not now. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's something called the unity of the Spirit. We are born in the Spirit. We are to live and walk in the Spirit. So, when we are moving in certain dimensions as a group, you cannot lay behind we must maintain the unity. If you're having prayer meetings, you cannot stay behind. If you're having all night, you cannot stay behind. Some of you, you, you start giving flimsy excuses like your parents don't allow you to come. Okay, your parents don't allow you to come. When we were, we were doing the honor, what were you doing at home? Watching TV, sleeping, chatting, when we are fasting. You're not maintaining the unity of the spirit. Wherever you find yourself, if for any general reason you cannot come, have your own all night. Team up with us. Whatever God is doing with us as a, as a people, you also be a part of it. The unity of the Spirit. You see, he wants us to... Fl- we, there's a certain dimension of our life that's individualistic. But there's a certain dimension also that is corporate. And he wants us to flow in that corporate unity. I want to get to where I want to get to so we can start talking some stuff. I can finish introducing some stuff and start getting to some stuff. So I cannot expand on this too much. But I must do this in the bond of peace. Verse 4. Can you go faster with me, please? There's one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ. This was going to be the series I wanted to talk about, not to talk about spiritual gifts, but we'll shelve spiritual gifts for now. And if you want to hear about spiritual gifts now, you can come to the leadership school. We'll talk about the spiritual, uh, some aspects of spiritual gifts next week. But for now, as a church, we'll leave spiritual gifts. I think God is leading us to talk about some things. Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended in the, is the same that also ascended up above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come in the unity of the faith. You see again this thing about unity. There's something that God wants to achieve on earth and through any group of people which cannot be done until we are united. United in purpose, United in vision, united in spirit, united in faith, and united in a determination to do what God says we must do. Unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The standard he's calling us to is the standard of Jesus Christ. Don't tell yourself that Jesus Christ is in a class of his own. I can never get there. God says that is where he's taking us. So that must be our goal. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slide of men on the cunningness, uh, cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You see, there are people, there are spirits, there are things that are always in, lying in wait to deceive us. 
two days ago, yesterday, we had an interesting discussion about some of the facilitators. We were talking about the fact that, look, it doesn't matter who you are. The devil will deceive you. He will send agents to deceive you. You will make an attempt. Even if he tried it on Jesus Christ, who are you? He will try to deceive us. And I'll keep coming back to this word deceive. Deceive. Don't allow the devil to deceive you. It's because of this same word deceive. That is why when we are in church, we are doing something. Instead of focusing, maintaining the unity of what we are doing, you'll be chatting with your friend for a moment. Because you think you, for you... You have been deceived to believe that that chat is more important than what is being done at the moment. And it's the reason why some of us don't pray when it's time to pray. Or we don't dance when it's time to dance. We don't praise God when it's time to praise God. The unity of the spirit. The unity of purpose. Unity of faith. We are talking of entering his glory. And you are asking yourself, what is this glory? And you don't seem to care about this glory. Unity of faith. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted that, uh, by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifier of itself in love. This I say therefore in testifying the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. I'm going very fast because I want to get somewhere and introduce some things. But you see here, Paul is beginning to introduce us to how we get deceived and how other people live. And he says that, look, I'm testifying to you from now on, don't walk, don't behave like those who do not believe. They walk and live in the vanity of their minds. They, they have been made to think and believe certain things and they think that is it. So they live in that mindset. But you have been called to a different mindset. Next verse, please. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. You see, it begins to explain... Can you go back again, please? It begins, it begins to explain how this mind works. And for many of us, that is how our mind used to work. And if you want to be a dead man living, it means that you need to put to death this old mindset and begin to put on a new mindset. It says that their understanding is darkened. There's no light in the way they understand things. I was sharing some stuff with uh, Uncle Dennis um, a few weeks ago. And I think when we get there, I'll show you some of these things. It's not good to show it in church, but I'll show you. Because I know some of you already watch it. Their minds, understandings are darkened. I'm not preaching on this, so I don't want to illustrate it, but I wish I could illustrate this. But we all understand when, when something is dark, there's, there's no light, there's no brightness in it. So many illustrations are coming to mind, but okay, let's leave it for now. Their mind, their understandings are darkened. In other words, their understanding used to be perfect. It used to be right. That's how God created it. But the devil, the prince of this earth, as we learned, who leads these people to obey him in their disobedience, he's the one who brings about this darkening of mind and understanding. So the way you understand things, the way you see things, has been blackened. So you don't see the brightness, you don't see the whiteness, you don't see the beauty. And the purpose is to alienate you from the life of God. There's a life with God. There's a life of God. There's a life without God. And there's a life which is not God's kind of life. 
And the devil, his final aim is to make sure we are separated from God's kind of life. And then when we are being deceived, we don't realize we are being deceived and we enjoy the deceit and we enjoy moving further and further away from the life of God until we find ourselves in the mess and then we wish that we could experience a certain aspect of the life of God when we think we need it the most. Like when it's time for exams or when it's time for you to, to, to when the, the, it's time for the, 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 your, your, your schools or your courses to be posted, then you remember the life of God. When your business is going down, you remember the life of God. But when the devil was darkening your understanding, separating you from the life of God, you were enjoying the deceit. Through the ignorance that is in them, it means that, you see, like the scripture says, no, because of ignorance, my people, they perish. Many of us are ignorant of the life of God. We know of the life of God. But we are ignorant of the depths of his love. We are ignorant of the depths of his word. We are ignorant of the promises that he has made for us. We are ignorant of where he's taking us. And our hearts are blinded. We cannot see. You are in teen chapel, you are talking about the glory of God. You are talking about living, living the real living. Put it to death certain days. You can't see. Your heart is blinded. Because it started with deceit. And the only way to come out of ignorance is to gain knowledge. Knowledge of the word. If you don't read the word, you cannot get insight into spiritual things. I can lay hands on you. At a stage, I wanted to turn this meeting into a, a prayer meeting. We can pray all the prayers. We can anoint you for the roll over, do all kinds of things. But without the word, you cannot get out of ignorance. I cannot prophesy into your life of ignorance and you have knowledge. It will take study, it will take reading, it will take hearing. How many of us listen to any of our podcasts this week? How many of us? You see what I'm talking about? But some of us, even though we are fasting, have not missed certain favorite TV programs. I know. Because yesterday, I embarrassed somebody, but I won't mention their name. Yes, yesterday, JHS class, you choose not to come. I came for all night. I was exhausted. I had to leave the all night early because I had a meeting in the morning. I went for the meeting and I rushed out of that meeting. The meeting had ended. I rushed out to come and teach you. And none of you came. Two people came very late. And I was asking them, so why, why are you late? If I continue, I will expose the person. But then I asked a question. So uh, why didn't you come? What were you doing? I was watching TV. And the person is not the only one. There are plenty of you like that. Did you just grab this? Yesterday, what are you doing? You are not reading your Bible. You are not praying. I, I know. What were you doing at that time? Between 1.30 and 3, what were you doing? You see, you see, you, you see people like Uncle Bertman, uh, Chief Nana, they didn't, they didn't do what you are doing when they were your age. You need to come out of ignorance. Get knowledge. Get understanding. Get into the life of God. Don't allow yourself to be blinded. There are things that you need at certain stages of your life. And when you miss the opportunity, you may never get it again. When you move out of being a, a teenager, you can never become a teenager again. And God has designed us to build up and develop capacity. Does it sometimes, do you not sometimes wonder how I, for example, am able to do the kind of things that I'm able to do with the same 24 hours? Sometimes I sit back and I wonder how is Dr. Otabo able to do all these things that he does within 24 hours? And I can tell you, Dr. Otabo, is thinking, how is somebody else also able to do more than he is doing within the same 24 hours? 
You may say it's grace. It is not just grace. Yes, it's grace. But it takes not being deceived, gaining knowledge, gaining understanding, maintaining the unity of the spirit, the unity of faith, the unity of purpose, determination to live the life of God. Verse 19, I want to get to where I want to get to. Who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. I like this big word. And it's a word we shall be delving into very soon. Lasciviousness. I like those two three words. Lasciviousness and licentiousness. Licentious and lascivious. To all work of uncleanness, death, filth. But you see, when you're walking in this field, when you're walking lasciviousness, when you're walking licentiousness, you believe that that is the life. And some of, our, of us are already being deceived into living this kind of life, thinking that is the life. And some of these things has consequences. And when we are living the filthy life, we don't think about the consequences. But when one or two happens in our life, then we begin to sit up and we begin to think. And it's too late. I don't, I don't want to discourage some people, so I will not give some life illustrations because they're happening in life in Teen Chapel. If I start talking about some of this, they'll think that I'm talking about them. And some of them may never will start coming to church and we'll lose them. So I won't go there. Well, I've come the feeling free, I feel free, but for the sake of those people, I won't go there. But I want you to understand that if you are deceived, this is how your life will become. You live in uncleanness, like a pig that goes back to his field. And you think that you are being fashionable. Let's go. It's 20. But you have not so learned of Christ. That is not how we teach you. It so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off the former conversation of the old man. Put to death. Put away. It's not conversation how you talk. This is King James English. Put away the old lifestyle. The lifestyle of ignorance. The lifestyle of deceit. The lifestyle of rebellion. The lifestyle of lasciviousness, the lifestyle of licentiousness, the lifestyle of living in filth, put it away. Put it away. No, this one that God will not do it for you. You put it away. You stop it. You think you can't stop. You've heard my story so many times. When I was in the world, just at the time I got born again, I, mean, I was living a life of fornication. And I thought I was living the life. To the extent that when I got born again, I did not see how it was possible to live a life without, without fornication as a young man. I didn't see how it was possible. Even though I got a little revelation in the word of God. And I was a very serious Christian. I was like some of us. I pray, I pray that you become more serious than I was. Amen. And so I had to negotiate with God. God, it's a cool thing. You know, fornication there... I can't stop. You know it. You, you know. You know me. You know my heart. You know I can't stop. So, you know what? Let me do it. And your word says that you know when we, we sin, and we come to you and we confess our sins, you are faithful and and, and just to forgive us. It's, it's scripture. It's not in the word. Okay. So, you know what? I will do it. When I do it, then I'll come to the scripture. That is not putting to death. That is living a life of deceit. Because you think that that is a life. You are being walked into the truth. You are believing the truth. You want to walk under open heavens. You want to live in his glory. And yet, like, like Lord, you are looking back 
And you say, actually, I miss this old life. I miss my boyfriend. I miss my girlfriend. I want, I want to experience that one too. And then I want to experience the glory. Paul is saying, put it off. Put off the old that you can walk in the new. Because it is corrupt. According to the deceitful lust. This is where I'm getting to. We are come to talk about lust. We are come to talk about our hormones. We are come to talk about how to deal with these things that we are struggling with and think we think that we cannot stop. Filth and glory does not go together. You cannot live in sin and expect to live in glory. You cannot expect to experience the glory of God and yet be leading your old life, doing, living just anyhow. Yours may not be last. Yours may be some other things. We will get there. There's a time and a season for everything. But for now, we want to deal with these issues of last. Enough is enough. We must call a spade a spade. Some of us, we think that we, we cannot help ourselves. Are you like that? I've tried uh, and called you. I, I just can't help myself. God, if you don't help me, I can't help myself. You see? And then we begin to blame God for not helping us. When God is saying, put it away. Do you want to put it away? You can't help yourself, but you want to obey him. That is where it always begins. I heard somebody discussing this topic at a certain point, and it seemed to make a lot of sense. You see, that person was not a teenager. The person was an adult. So the person has outgrown the teenage life. He lived, he's lived as a teenager and is not living as an adult. And he says that, ah, when he was a teenager, like us, we learned some stuff. No, look, when we, learned, we ourselves, we ourselves, we know it is dirty. Don't we know? Some people cannot look in my face. Look in my face. Things to do with lust, fornication, illegal sex, and scriptural sex. You see, look, there's a time to talk about the proper God-life kind of sexual intercourse. But it's not at your level. You haven't read there. So if you, oh yes, you will get there. But if you are doing it before the time, it is called fornication. And it is illegal. It is unscriptural. It is like you are an armed robber. You are stealing sex which does not belong to you. Have you paid the bride price? When there's pregnancy, can you buy pampers? When you get pregnant, can you boldly come to Uncle Bijan and say, Uncle Bijan, I'm pregnant? Can you do that? Can you go to Uncle, Uncle Bethmore and say, Oh, Uncle Bethmore, you know what? Charlie, I've put some girl in the family way. Can you do that? You don't even say family way because you are you a family man. So it is illegal. It is unscriptural. It is immoral. You have been deceived. And you know, you, you know, you know, you know what you talk about. We call them dirty. When, you see, sometimes when you're among your friends, you say, you want to talk some dirty stuff. Then you know what they're talking about. You want to talk about immorality. You want to talk about um, sex and related issues. And you call it, why should you call it dirty? It is not that it is dirty, but because it is out of sync of God's timetable, that is why it's dirty. And cleanliness, out of greed. And this guy was saying that, you know, when they were teenagers, they were able to take time 
And please don't get there. They learned as teenagers. They learned how to have sex. They learned different styles. They watch all kinds of blue films. They watch all kinds of pornographic films in order to learn, to gain knowledge. Don't you do it. Some of you do it. You see, and some of them became experienced even as teenagers. 40 years old. I want to start talking to you about sex. Chale, he, he knows everything. He's, he's tried some of them. And she has engaged in all kinds of stuff. Okay. Don't only remember this part of the Tuli. And then he said, if as teenagers, they can learn that much, now that they are older, why can't they unlearn and learn the principles of the kingdom? And I'm talking to you as teenagers. If you can go to the extent of listening to all those dirty stuff and learning and practicing, and some of you are becoming experienced, why can't you expend the same energy to learn the way of God? the life of God, the life of glory, the life of faith, the life of the spirit, the life of just being in his presence. You can. And I can tell you, young as you are, you have a greater capacity to love God than we the adults. We the adults, some of us, our bones have become hard. We have become so stiff in our ways that we try to criticize everything about Scripture and about the Word of God. Come for all night. Oh, I'm tired. I have to attend to my, my baby. I have to cook for my husband. I have to go and visit those, uh, those clans. Some people are owing me money. <laughs> I have to go and chase money. It's good. All those things are good. But you see, if you're not careful, you can be deceived into thinking that those things are so important that seeking those other things are not that important. When you weigh them on a scale of preference, you always choose, and it's because we are being deceived. But if you yearn for his glory, if you desire to be in his presence, you can stay in his presence and you can still look after your children. You can still cook for your husband. You can still make money for your family. And you can still live the God life. You can combine the two of them perfectly. If somebody like Prophet Daniel could do it, why can't we? It's a choice. It's a choice. So we are going to be spending time to talk about last-related issues. And we are going to get down to earth. We're going to be damn practical with you guys. Look, don't think that the things that you are doing, you haven't done some before. Oh, we've done some before. And we know all the tricks. What, the only thing that we don't know is we don't know it in your generation, but not, not, there's nothing new under the sun. And don't deceive yourself. Jesse, you two, you've been chatting. Sir. There's some people I can do that to, some people I won't do that to. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. There's a higher calling to which you have been called. There's a higher standard of life to which you have been called. But you see, it's that, that, that standard involves putting to death, doing away with certain things in our lives. But I can tell you, it is not difficult God doesn't want to burden us. Rather, 
he wants to bless us. Like Moses told the Israelites to seek God. They give them plenty commandments. Plenty. In fact, if you read, if you read the attestation, you say, ah, but God, why? Why all these laws? And after giving them all these laws, he said, look, be wise. Choose wisely. This is wisdom. And see, I lay before you blessings and curses. I lay before you life and death. Choose blessing. Choose life. It's your choice. What kind of life will you live? What kind of life do you want? Do you want the devil's life? Do you want to be deceived by him? Do you want to lead the dirty life? Or do you want to live the life of glory? It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice that you make. And it's up to you and I as to what we do. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. As we continue in this series, Wise Youth Seek Jesus, Lord, help us to understand the way you understand. To get into your word and get understanding for ourselves. That we we'll choose wisely and not allow ourselves to be deceived. That you guide us into the truth, step by step. We will begin to walk in your glory. And we will begin to understand what it means to live under an open heavens, in spite of all that is happening around us. Help us to deal with this issue of lust. We chose and got ourselves entangled. Help us as we seek to entangle ourselves and live your kind of life that honors you and glorifies you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Can we do give answer?